Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark, and you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 47 of Justice League, and the minute's going to start out with... Uh, us getting a good look at this uh, this here Superman ship. Mm-hmm. The Superman ship. The Superman you. ship. Yeah. Uh, and the minute's going to end with a pretty good cliffhanger of just a shadowy, shadowy figure. We can <laughs> shadowy for who it is. Shadowy Mr. Cyborg. Shadowy uh, Mr. Cyborg. It reminds me a lot of that Doom Patrol villain, the shadowy Mr. Evans, which Cyborg is in that show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so this, uh, this, mo- uh, this movie, this minute here, uh, there's not anything really new to deep dive into like we normally do, but I do have a huge appreciation for this minute. And this is again, one of those things where we talk about the great thing about this DC cinematic universe that Zack Snyder helped establish huge impact in, in establishing the shared universe um is is actually being in love with like the lore of of what you've created and we've talked about it a lot with wonder woman's mythos and how much wonder woman content there is in this universe this minute right here is both a batman and superman kind of mythos in in, in their world as the humans who are not metahumans how they uh, perceive the world around them with these superheroes that, that exist in it. Mm-hmm. And this bit right here that we get in this minute isn't something that they really talked about in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which I know seems like a huge, like, what? That doesn't sound right. That whole movie was about them. Um, the fact that Silas Stone goes up and says, the Superman ship, and they play the music and they show the ship off, they never... They never orchestrated the the ship like that in the last movie. It had Lex Luthor's theme all throughout it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they treated it very clinically. It was the cr- crashed Kryptonian ship. He wanted access to it. Everything had to be treated so sterile because we were still in a period, uh, Hollywood, uh, a period of Hollywood where they still wanted to treat these movies as uh, super serious, dark, gritty kind of thing. This is what WB thought they wanted with uh, their cinematic universe that they wanted to compete with Marvel. So um, having gone from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, there was always kind of like this David Goyer attachment of how do we perceive the superheroes around us? Well, we're just going to not, you know, too embarrassed to, to call it the Superman ship. This movie here tries to... Um, reconstruct that where batman v superman deconstructed the superhero genre uh, much like watchman does and when you have silas stone say the superman ship it's a simple sentence it gets right to the point but also it just kind of ties everything together okay. it no longer treats things as uh this is a crashed alien ship this is like, no, you are in a comic book movie. This is a comic book. This is the Superman ship. Let's just call it what yeah. it is. I, I, I agree with you, but I also think 
that the people who were referring to the ship in the previous movie in Dawn of Justice were Lex Luthor and Batman, two characters who did not want to acknowledge the Superman. Even Mm. calling him a man in in any sort of way was kind of just like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. So he's a Kryptonian. He's an alien. So you call it the alien ship the crashed kryptonian ship you know it's it's that kind of thing that's what at least what i got from it and also there's a feeling of of hmm. i mean that's a good point that you brought up because that really shows the progression that these humans have made where we um, yeah denied more kal-el his uh citizenship if you will yeah, exactly. And to, and to that more, it's it's now that it's a good time to refer it as the Superman ship because he's dead. Mm-hmm. And he did have a big impact on everybody, if you liked it or not. He did have an impact. So things that he was involved with, you're probably going to reference it to him. That's where Superman fought. Oh, the Superman ship. Uh, I don't know. What other, what other things are there? The Superman... Uh, the Superman. <laughs> There's, I get, rock. I get, I understand what you're saying. I do. I get, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really is like the impact that he's had. It's like you label it, you label things now with the Superman blank because he was involved with it. The alien was involved with yeah. it. Yeah. And he's remembered yeah. now in, 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 uh, uh, posthumously. Yeah. So yeah. I think it is it is a mention, you know, uh, in good mention that they're calling it the Superman ship now instead yeah. of the Kryptonian ship. And that Man of Steel theme, that still slaps. That's still... Oh, yeah. it's Great such, music. It's one of those things that I find very uh, upsetting that um, at the time, I think it's different now. I think now there's a majority that... that that do love this theme. Um, but I, from the last three movies, Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, and even the Justice League theatrical cut, it was almost like there was an allergy to this theme. Like, we, oh, that's not Superman's theme. The, you know, John Williams theme is the Superman theme. Like, you could, there can only be one theme kind of, kind of deal. And uh, I just never, I, I never understood the, the hate for it. Because uh, is it that people can't comprehend what the Man of Steel theme is? Like if they can't recite it or something, it's not catchy enough for it's them. It's just not catchy enough for them. It's not like a real song, you know. But now you it's, hear it, it's, and it's yeah. And it's, but then it's when when you have to tell somebody you need to listen to that chord, like yeah. So someone goes, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, when when a chord strikes a feeling in a person that they don't really know what that is they're just looking for you know audio cues a lyric that they know or a, a chorus that they know a, a sweet guitar solo that they're that they're familiar with you know yeah but like when there's things where it's like oh you should listen to like that progression or listen to that just the type of chords that are playing in this superman theme and then you hear them throughout every other you know all the other people's themes like luthor's and then you hear the the culmination of them 
and and you know and and when they combine the themes and and the motifs and everything i don't know it's just cool but i think to the general public it's like well that's not superman because you had we were talking about it before there's five of those movies that use that stuff and they'll use john williams has been shoved down our throats whether we have liked it or not for years Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen and i'm not saying it's bad but no not at all it's just uh there there's room you, for more there could be better <laughs> there's, there's room for more yeah there's room for more and uh especially you know this theme whether it's the piano version or or this this version this real like han zimmer-esque version um it's it's so good and it's so welcome when you hear when you hear that happening it's uh, particularly in scenes that involve the scout ship yeah yeah it's, and because that ship. is home that feels we we <laughs> Maybe it was because you and I were there, yeah, for so long. Was it Scout, Scout Ship three four four doing? Huh? Yeah, Scout Ship three four four, or is it Scout Ship three three four? Yeah, um, like because we were there for so long three, and listening four, four, to the music yeah. and just like minute by minute, just like watching, you know, Cal discover everything in his ship. Yeah, that it does feel like a very home sense. When I see this ship uh, in the other movies, and the fact that it's like, dang, that thing's still there. Yeah, Fortress of Solitude, baby. Yeah, that was uh, one of the things. Uh, uh, when we saw Silas Stone the first time in this movie, um, and just being like, it's just nice that we keep coming back to the same things. Like this ship has been here for three movies now, uh, and it's still such a big deal. We're not over it. We just don't get over it. Um, it was nice in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where they do go back in Spider-Man Homecoming to people salvaging the Battle of New York. Like, you had Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture, like, being part of that that uh, recovery. That crew, yeah. yeah. and dealing with that. And, and what do they do with all that technology and stuff like that? It's nice to see that still being an issue. Um and so, uh, yeah, it's 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 a magnificent thing to see here. Um, we have the ancient lamentation music for all the Amazon stuff, and you have this for all the Kryptonian stuff. And when Superman is 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 around in this movie, and it's that is their motif is their mythos. It's it's one of the greatest things about this. Um, and that brings us to the next person that we talk about in this minute, which is the Batman. And so. They talk about, you know, someone saw this mysterious shadowy figure, not cyborg, uh, but something else. And they, it, they do this really great. I think it's cheesy in, in a very good way where the hazmat suit guy just walks up and just slams the picture on the window. It's so kind of corny for a movie, but like that's. That's the type of movie that we're in. That's what makes it so good is that we have like these uh, sincere like horror uh, type beats to it. And uh, yeah, he slams that sketch that the witness uh, created and it it obviously looks like the Batman. It's it's a parademon. We know it's a parademon because we've seen the movie uh, multiple times and they do show this sketch in the GCPD in the 2017 version. Um, but seeing it here, you're like, oh, uh, you're saying the Batman attacked someone? And which is the first thought we get in our mind. 
yes. before he goes, that's silly. That's not true. And yes, it's not true. That's the beauty of this moment as it was in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And that's the other thing I was trying to get to is like, you know, first half was a love letter to the Superman as humans perceive it. Now we see the Batman as humans perceive it. And so you get this sketch and they're going, that's a demon. And then that's what you and I talk about when we talk about like how should humans perceive the Batman? That's a demon. Sketch that down because I don't know what I saw. Yeah, like a night terror. I mean, yeah. Mothman. just a cloaked figure. It had wings and it flew at me. Yeah, that's like, what okay. the Batman does. And then it's like you narrow that thing down. What is that thing? Well, there's a crazy dude across the bay. <laughs> but they don't know it's a dude. I mean, even, even Cyborg is like, I didn't think you were real. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and and well, I'll talk about that later. But yeah, okay. the fact that Cyborg says that, uh, I mean, people just don't know who the Batman is. Um, we say, and I just mentioned it, Mo- the Mothman. The Mothman is a cryptid, but no one thinks the Mothman is a man dressing up like a moth. We just think it's a humanoid moth monster. And so to say the Batman doesn't give away the secret that the Batman is a man dressed up like a bat it could be that they think of him as a man bat like yeah it's a monster well it's i mean we, we have it because it's a comic book in our world like yeah you know or they it don't could have be that. like uh you know that that uh impression you were doing last week could be that guy <laughs> a, a dracula yeah yeah it's cool. a great great idea um but yeah i i like the the sketch that gets shown i uh <clears throat> I don't know where I I sit on um I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about seeing that and then like the next scene change. Like it's like okay, we have a we have a you know, a guy that witnessed you have eight people missing, one witness that saw it all. He's sketching out a thing. This is what he saw. And then he slaps up a thing. Is everybody in that room supposed to be like this is Batman? <laughs> Is are they all like, hey, this is Batman? We all get we we know what this is. We've seen this sketch before a thousand times, and like the guy slams it on the window, like he's so pissed off. He's like, Batman again, huh? <laughs> Batman again, huh? Just another. We just went over this. Just like looking away, like so disappointed. Yeah, like, it's another loony. Uh, believing in the Batman, mm-hmm. uh, that that might not be a bad take. Because uh, now I'm thinking, I I was thinking, uh, oh, and I mean that that probably is his thought process. Another the bat question crazy. The, the question of uh, the question gets posed to to Silas later of Ryan Ryan Choi asks him, "Do you think the Batman is in connection with the disappearance of this object?" And he says, "Like, no, I don't." But he's saying that because he knows the object is in his damn closet at his house. Yeah. But the fact still remains that eight people went missing. That's the threat. Is Silas thinking about Batman taking the eight people? The world does know that Batman was branding people. His new rules, you know? So... A new brand of justice. Like, why was? What is he doing? Is he? Has he turned? Is he now an outlawed vi- vigilante? You know, like 
It is possible. Like, and yeah, the more I think about it, the more I, I think this man was looking away disappointed because he was like, we all know what it is. We all know what this looks like. It looks like the Batman. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They're all looking at this like, ain't no way. Um, I want to know who drew this Batman design. Like, I want to know who, like, is this a Zack Snyder sketch? Was he just like, sketch. yeah, let me just, let me just sketch a Batman real quick for you. Like, Maybe. I want to know who did this. That's pretty cool. Uh, would you get this as a Batman tattoo? What if you got, it'd be a pretty neat one. It's kind of abstract. Is that the yeah. Batman you got tattooed on you? It kind of isn't. It's a parademon, but it's it was in, it was in Zack Snyder's sketch. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a police sketch of, uh, a not, it's still not the Batman, but people will look at it and go, is that the Batman? It's like, yeah. kind of, not really. Um, I think it goes without saying that this uh, scene here is taken from, I guess, in part from um, the Justice League War, Volume 1, mm, um, yes. when they do the whole police sketching. I think they played it a little bit more towards the comics in 2017, yes. and it also helped because they had that opening Tim Burton rooftop scene. Yes, yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. Which so, like, at, all at of the those time, things played into, the, played into effect. Yeah, at the time, it wasn't... It was accurate to the book. That was the thing. At the yeah. time, it was like, okay, this is... I remember this in, like, the first page. Yeah. Or his Green then, Lantern show up. Yeah, exactly. We were waiting for it. It's like, okay, he's going to show up, right? They're doing it. They're, They're doing, doing it. it. Yeah. And miss. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, it's it's great, though. It, it's... um, I like seeing the Batman like this, so I'm never going to complain. Like about, you know, sketch of the Batman. Is he is he friend or foe? Like what's going on with him? Uh, even though we know that he is a redeemed man, we know uh, we know the Batman very well in this cinematic universe. It's still nice to see that the humans still um, question whether or not he's like a good guy or a bad guy. It's still he's it, still a dark vampire flying around at night, man. He's still one of the gods among us. You know what I mean? Like he's still one of them. Uh, you know, you have the Justice League. They're all perceived as gods among men. We have to also put Batman there. We cannot leave him out. We can't just be like, yeah, he's a guy with money. He can make that joke. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. He is... Th- this is this is the, the Grant Morrison JLA, JLA Batman that I like to see. Um, it's It's really good stuff. Um, I felt like I had one more note, but I think we've kind of already covered it. Was but... it the, the storm-protected windows that they got <laughs> scrolling up here? No, but if you want to talk about it, we can. No, I don't I was... know. It's just a great window design, honestly. It's kind of like blast doors. If you yeah. were to go wrong, lock it up. No, I, I really just like... I, I, I think the idea of casting Batman um, as this shadowy figure who might... It's not meant to throw off the audience, I don't think, right? Like, we're all in the know that it's not Batman. Um, I think it's just supposed to help identify uh, Batman as as one of the mythological figures of this universe. Um, At least for for humans, as how how we perceive them. Because we did that a lot with Superman in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, obviously. Yeah. Uh, But with the Batman, it was... um, we only really got to see the point of view from the GCPD. And, of course, we got Lex Luthor's point of view, who already is, 
you know, he's past it. He's seen, he knows the truth. So that veil is no longer there. It's like, he knows that this is just, um, a rich orphan with nothing better to do. Uh, but so is Lex Luthor. So that's his problem. So, uh, I really love that. And then I really, really like how this, uh, minute cuts off where it is Silas Stone stepping in to the home and we see that shadowy Mr. Cyborg standing against the wall. Uh, and I Please, love Mr. Cyborg was my father. <laughs> I love how this minute cuts off because as soon as he's about to move and talk, it cuts off. And uh, I'm, I'm so ready to start talking about Cyborg. We haven't, haven't talked about him at all this entire movie. And we're 10 weeks in. We are 10 weeks into this movie, uh, about 50 minutes. We're not even at the hour mark yet. And we have three more hours to talk about with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I had for this one. Nate. Is there anything you wanted to talk about um, in Silas Stone's apartment? Or do you want to save that for tomorrow? No, we'll save that for tomorrow. Um, yeah, pretty excited to, to get into more cyborg stuff. I uh, It's some good, good cyborg stuff coming up here. Yeah. But... Uh, Pretty good, self-contained. I think I wanted to circle back around with uh, the perception of Batman. Mm-hmm. And Let's do it. I think that maybe this minute right here is one that could be bad taken out of context and as well bad to analyze minute by minute. This part you're supposed to like bookend with the GCPD scene as well with him flipping the pages and seeing all the reports of of the things it happens after we see a cloaked parademon fly off of the fire escape Mm -hmm. so like it's supposed to be a bigger arc it's like the parademon scouting for the mother box is supposed to be a bigger story arc a bigger avenue a bigger road Mm-hmm. that we're supposed to be following down um but there i think there's so much with introductions going on right now that it's hard to keep track of it so like this is supposed oh. to be our first instance of you know the parademons not first but but still in the early stages of the parademons scouting out the boxes what stepping with the big bad just threw the guy and told him to do find the other boxes yeah. So we got the one breaking in. We get this follow-up of the explanation of, like, well, what was stolen, don't know. Um, here's a sketch. Okay, so I guess the belief is, you know, the, the general populace is supposed to still think that Batman's doing it. But we as the audience know that he's not. Um, and we're supposed to be thinking that there's more, I guess. I think it's just supposed to be... This is like a snippet out of the larger picture. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe that since we're going to get into all the cyborg stuff tomorrow, um, let me just st- talk about this. Maybe it shouldn't be the cyborg scene next. Maybe after showing this Batman silhouette, yeah. we either cut to a Batman scene or we cut to a parademon scene in which the parademon either communicates with Steppenwolf or a parademon uh, tries to get into Silas Stone's apartment or 
I don't know. Maybe even that's my other thing was like I didn't know if this was like misplaced or if this was just the this scene w- was out of place. The, this the, the sketch, the police sketch, was like was that too much? Was that like one too many nails in the coffin? I know it's not a Zack Snyder scene, so it would never be in this version of the movie. But now would be a good time to do that 2017 opener scene in which we do cut to a Batman chasing down a parademon or something. Uh, no, just the if... one with him, the cloak parademon on the fire escape that flies off. Yeah, that's looking in the that's looking in the cyborg's window. Yeah, that's yeah, that's also a really good thing. Um, or or maybe not the GCPD scene because that leads to Commissioner Gordon talking to the Batman and the uh, what little Justice League we have at the moment. But yeah, maybe maybe this follow-up scene should not have been the cyborg apartment scene. That being said, can't wait to talk about it. So mm-hmm. uh, let's go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, tell us what you think. Find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 48 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.